I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi all, this is Damien. I just wanted to give you a warning that some of my audio is a bit stuffed in this episode thanks to a dodgy cable, meaning we had to use the less good backup in part. But I think it's a really good app that has some quality chat and a massive revelation for Tom. So I didn't want us to miss out on that. Hope you enjoy. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, the podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Relic. Relic is a 2020 Australian psychological horror film directed by Natalie Erica James from a screenplay by James and Christian Wyatt. When Edna, the elderly and widowed matriarch of the family, goes missing, her daughter and granddaughter travel to their remote family home to find her. Soon after her return, they start to discover a sinister presence haunting the house and taking control of Edna. Boys. Yes. Sean. I'm opening up the Australian citizenship Doors yep. for Emily Mortimer. Oh, yes. How flawless is that accent, Sean? Brilliant. Just fantastic. That's, that's better than our accent. It's honestly, yeah, she sounds she sounds so much better than me. Even when she like gets emotional or when she has to do a big scene, like there are times I'm like flawed because you're like, yeah, and an Australian in shock, that's how they would sound. Yeah. Yep. It is incredible. Yep. I always think, you know, on that point, Dame, I always mm. think of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Sean Aston, who's playing Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. There's the scene where Frodo gets stabbed and like Aragorn or Arwen or whatever is going to ride him away. And Sean Aston has to yell out. I think the line is like, what are you doing? Yeah. Rivendell's three days. Away. Like he has to yell something. And mm. as soon as he yells, he's just American. American <laughs> as yeah. fuck. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's really the, the test is like just speaking in a normal volume at a normal voice. You, you can pull off an accent. I think where it gets yeah. tricky is when you've really got to push yourself acting wise. She doesn't drop it for a beat she's exceptional no. she is better than every other australian actor in there <laughs> yeah it's honestly crazy i think it's an incredible performance yeah yeah, yeah it's unreal she's she's pretty incredible in 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 probably 98 percent of everything i've ever seen her in um if not a hundred i can't think of a bad yeah one. i'm i'm i just yeah. yeah i've got no idea the only thing i ever think of her uh, unfortunately i've got this lasting memory uh mostly because it just doesn't make me take her as seriously as i should where she's in 30 rock and she plays um oh yeah. she plays alec baldwin's girlfriend at one point Yes, yeah. yep. very early in the very run. early in the yeah. run. But all, whenever I see it, all I hear her say is "hollow bones" like a little bird because that's what <laughs> that's that's right. just is weird. She can't shake people's hands because they'll break yeah. her hand yeah. or something. Yeah. Like so that. every time yeah. I just think 
hollow bones and she does look kind of fragile and I like yeah, yeah. it can't leave my head she's fantastic my favourite for her is Howl's Moving Castle yes yeah. she's the voice of Sophie yeah. in the in the dub yeah. obviously in the English yeah. dub yeah. I was going to say uh, this wasn't my favourite Emily Moore performance I was just thinking of my favourite uh, one of Jack Donahue's girlfriends which is of course Julianne Moore um, being super Boston the, oh, the yeah. really bad Boston <laughs> accents that they're both too Boston <laughs> yeah um, it's, do you know what I'm going to do, boys? While we're, while we're having a discussion, I might do some IMDb detectiving and just find out. Ah, oh, no, nah, this is easy. I, I know I know what my favourite Emily Mortimer performance is. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go list of Jack Donaghy girlfriends. Oh, I, I mean, I could I could do that. That feels like a really weird thing. Um, I need to actually double check because now I'm second guessing if she's even in the movie that I'm thinking of and I didn't want to say... Oh. That, she, oh, that wasn't what I was going to think, but she is in Scream 3. <laughs> yeah, she is, yeah. Uh, so I, I could have sworn she's in... Hmm, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm going to search the movie before I say anything yep. and so people can... Don't make fun of me. Yeah. Come on, mate. Because, no, I'm glad because what I had done, I had combined... Two actresses into one. Okay. Which actresses? I'd taken Emily Watson. Oh, yeah. Not Emma. Emma yep. Lee Watson and Emily Mortimer, and I'd fuse them into one super Emily. Okay. okay. That's, um. yeah, you're not firing on all cylinders today, are you? No. No, I'm really not. I'm really not. So, no, but but I but I pulled myself up before I said anything. Um, she's also very good in Lars and the Real Girl. Just Too much data for your yeah, head, I yeah. think. I think you've been cooked. <laughs> yeah. Boys, I think there's a relic in my head, and you're all in trouble because there's this bruise <laughs> just here on this chair. Don't. No. Uh, I don't like that. Oh, God. All right, this was was my pick. I'm going to go into my walls. I'll see you in there. Oh, you stay out of the walls. (laughs) Yeah, so, Sean, you just said this is your pick. So, yeah, where did this pick come from? Uh, I became aware of this. This this came out in 2020. Um, I don't think it got a cinema release in Australia. I think it was like a big prestigious sort of stand, which is our streaming service here in Australia. It was their sort of big release. Mm. And I I think I talked to a few people who had seen it and they talked up how great it was. Mm -hmm. And I did hear it had similar vibes to something like Hereditary and... Yeah. and those sort of movies. And so immediately that just set me off and I was like, I'm both interested in this because it's Australian and yeah. it looks like it's high production value, but also terrified and I don't want to go near it. So yeah, when we're doing the year of fear, I thought I've avoided that one for a while. I can just, I can't remember specifics, but I remember vaguely people talking around certain things like a, a scene where someone looks under the bed and I just remember feeling like I don't want to have to experience that. Yeah. So yep. I, I avoided it and here we are and I'm sorry that I've unleashed it on you. However, I do want to put this. I think I'm both impressed by this and also I don't know how I feel about it. Thomas Reed. Yes. You watched this movie when it came I out. I did, yes. And not you haven't watched it since. So you watched this movie two years ago. Yes. Either your memory is incredible or you're a scaredy boy coming in unprepared. Which is it? No, I, I so what I did is I was like, I'm gonna read the the summary and a bit about it and see if I like mm, the beats okay. of it still are in my head. Yep. I even I watched a couple of clips because I was like, Oh yeah, I wanna watch a few scenes, but I was like, I don't need to watch I don't need to watch the whole movie again yeah. um, because I'm pretty comfortable with the plot. I remember the plot. I remember the spooks. The, the two biggest scares for me I remembered. Um, I remembered sort of the characters and I remember the ending, yeah. which feels like the most important stuff. There's, there might be yeah. a few like minor things that I, I, I miss, but I'm pretty comfortable with my recall. I'm pretty comfortable with my research. Yeah. Um, if I had have started the research and gone, oh, I don't remember how that happened thing at all, I probably would have rewatched it. Yeah. But I was pretty... Pretty, I was like, this is how I think it ends. I read the ending and I was yep. like, nailed it. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. And I remembered that Emily Mortimer has the best Australian accent of all time. <laughs> He's spitting facts. Um, in your defense, this is pretty like it's a pretty straightforward story, and there's yep. essentially really only three characters. Yeah. So it is not a tricky one to recall, probably. Hang on, hang on. Um, y- y- you want it? You- still think you're a borderline disgrace? <laughs> and um, investigation ongoing. 
<laughs> Tom, you gave it a four and a half. Yes. I'm yet to do a review. I'm still honestly. I was just like, I don't even know what to say about this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a two and a, it's a two and a half for me. Okay. It, okay. Uh, it's underwhelmed. I, I I think you and I had a pretty similar experience, Sean. Where yeah. it's yeah, yeah. My take was very much like I think this is a really well made film, and I hate to say this, but especially for an Australian film, there are that. definitely some great Australian films out there. Unfortunately, yeah. as we've talked about in a previous when we were on the Saw episode, uh, and I feel like this one played with being. It wasn't. I'm going to say it's. For me, it wasn't, but it played with being Australian misery porn. Came in close. The, in the fact that it was a pretty miserable kind of a watch. And I think it's not even just that it's like the stand-in for what it is with obviously the subject matter in terms of, of Alzheimer's or dementia is so horrible and terrible. And I think it does some really nice work representing that, getting that across. I think there's like one of the lines right at the end where the granddaughter says, She's not her anymore, mum. And you're like, oh, that hits really, yeah. that hit really hard for me. Yep. Um, my, my grandmother uh, basically got lost in dementia and actually very recently Holly's grandmother did too. Um, and so, like, I think it does a lot of that stuff really, really well. But the characters are still so fucking miserable in it the whole time. And I, I think when you've got something that, that terrible and devastating to a family, you've also got a lot of opportunity to get a lot of heart and hope and love across because you're just showing this love between these family members where I I honestly didn't think these family members loved each other no. at all. They didn't resolve, the mother and the daughter particularly, not not the grand, I'm talking about um, Emily Mortimer and her daughter. Bella Heathcote. And Bella Heathcote. They didn't really resolve any of their issues or have a, a, a this is kind of missing a scene where those two talk it out a bit and come to a bit of an understanding there's nothing nothing felt earned for me i'll go into more of it but tom what are your thoughts My, what i was going to say on that is I, I think they don't necessarily repair anything in the film itself but the way it ends the final shot of Kay looking at her mum and seeing the same bruise appearing on her right yeah just at the end of end of the film and the sort of the look of realization on her face for me, I watch that and I go, she knows she has to reconcile because she's only got a limited window because, again, that, that thing of the real monster is is mental health, but the, the real monster yeah. is Alzheimer's dementia. And it's the genetic thing is that, well, her mum's going to end up, you know, like 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 her grand, like Edna. Mm. And so yeah. having that having that little beat at the end, yes, it doesn't completely wrap it up, but I'm okay with it being yeah. she's aware that she's going to have to do this for her mum. And I think my, like, I don't necessarily need to see that scene as much. Um, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this a lot more than both of you. Yeah. I like the themes of it. I think it is beautifully shot. It's, it's well written. The idea for me that I found truly terrifying, mm. and this might tie into the question you might be able to ask as soon, Damo, is the concept of getting lost in a familiar location. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. The idea that that house has extra rooms and cupboards and doors and hallways yeah, right. that are yeah, yeah. unknown. We talk about uh, books that have scared us and scary books and scary things, and I've said it a lot. One of the scariest books of all time is House of Leaves. That is basically the premise of the House of Leaves. What if your house had more rooms than it should? Yeah. And that is a con- I've just said that, and I got a chill mm. from the base of my neck to my little ankles. My balls just disappeared into my bu- my belly. They're gone. I'm never going to see them again. And that that I think that concept's done really well. And 
And yes, it is It is a sad film. It is a, a bleak sort of story. But I don't think it goes all the way into that misery porn that, that, that polluted Australian cinema for so long is because I think it's not obsessed with being miserable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just out to be miserable for the sake of miserable. It's trying to do something. I, I agree. And this is this is, uh, this is is why I don't think it is misery porn. I think it does. It's it's a shade on the other side of it. But I kind of can't help but wish the characters weren't as miserable and weren't as fractured from each other. Because, like, even the grandmother-granddaughter, that was arguably the the most together relationship. Can I can I put this to you, Damo? We don't see the best of her. So when we see the worst of her, it's not as big of a hit. Like we can understand what we may be missing, but they never show you what she was. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I and I like to think I think I want to see like because like again, I've watched Holly with her grandmother more recently. And there are some very sweet times where she's like, she's she's recently passed, but she was pretty far along uh, in her Alzheimer's. But there would be these little moments where she would go, like, look up at Holly and hold her hand and say, oh, hello, love. And you just get this, like, beautiful, sweet moment of connection between the two of them, when even though she's lost in the woods for the most part. And I just, I didn't see that. Like, yes, she gave her the ring, and I guess that was meant to be a bit sweet or whatever. And then that was meant to juxtapose with her Taking later forgetting she, yeah. got to, she gave her the ring. Yeah. But even the way she gave her the ring, it was a bit like, well... I don't need it anymore. My fingers are too fat. So you have it. Go on. You're going to need it one day. Like it wasn't done. In a loving way. Yeah. And I get that, that that is, to me, that was also like, well, that's part of her character. She's a stern older woman. She very much wants her independence. And I, I get all that. But yeah, I didn't get the sweetness I wanted that I think we're meant to maybe get. I'm not 100%. Yeah. But to me, I would have leaned more into just show out and out love, show her at her best. And then, yeah, when she becomes creepy crawling grandma on the ground, then it's way more horrifying because we've seen the sweetness that does reside in it. Yeah, Tom, I'd even fight you on your earlier comment that it's a well-written film. Oh, Jesus! I just I don't agree. <laughs> and I, in fact, when I saw you gave it four and a half, and then I watched it, I went, I know what this is. This is a Tom Reed special. This is a movie that exists one hundred percent on vibes. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean, Damo? Yeah, I do know what you it's mean. It's got a Tom. It's got a Tom Reed horror movie Can vibe I say, yeah. that you really bought that you bought yeah. into. And I actually don't think it's well written. The characters aren't really well developed. Mm. It's a movie where it's only ninety minutes. Almost nothing happens. Yeah, until they go into the walls. It could almost be a short film. Yeah, it is. And in fact, Damo, that's an Australian film industry issue. I think sometimes yeah. you've got a short film concept that. Uh, remarkably, the Russo brothers who worked in the MCU and Jake Gyllenhaal were the producers and executive producers. Yeah, I saw that. Did have some backing, had some money. Parts of it look incredible. Other parts of it are, I think, underlit a little bit and it's kind of frustrating at times. Yeah, right. But yeah, Tom, I think it's a vibe. I think it's a smothering sort of dread vibe and it tricks you for as long as it can that something truly terrifying is going to happen and it kind of never does until it gets to a point where you... In the final scene, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, the amount of times I said to my girlfriend, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I, why am I watching this? What is this? Because I, I, I think the final 30 minutes, amazing. I yep. really do. But I think a lot of the early thing was- I'll dispute that as well. Well, we can, we'll get into that. But I actually think a lot of the early stuff, it's, I felt like one, it was kind of repeating beats to a sense. Not obviously, it was still kind of pushing the story forward a little bit. But I also do think it was it was going, it's Alzheimer's. You getting that yet? Are you getting like it really felt like it was hanging on the fact that they had this really nice metaphor that they're hanging the whole movie off. And it is a good metaphor, and I do think they explore it really well. But I think they mostly explore it well in the last 30 minutes. Where up until then, I think it's a bit of a bit of a gray area for me where I was sort of yeah, disconnected. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Tom. Yeah, I feel like we've got to let Tom talk at this point. He's actually been very polite while we've yeah. been going You've up. been a really good boy. Tom, you have the floor, but then after that, I really want to talk about the later part of the film when they go into the maze, yeah. essentially. But you, you have the thank, floor, Tom. Look, I, <laughs> I, I want to start by saying that I don't think anyone ever in the history of time or space or cinema yeah. has ever had such an accurate read on how I enjoy films <laughs> as you have just now, Sean. <laughs> just the minute you were like, it gets by on vibes and that's how you watch movies. I was like, that is how I watch every movie. <laughs> the reason every movie starts at a five is because I'm ready for a vibe. I yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feed on vibes. And, yep. and, and sometimes that means that if you've got a good script and a good director and great mm. actors and all that, the vibes are there because of course they are. Yeah. And sometimes it means that maybe I have a movie that someone else watches and goes, this is horseshit. And I'm like, yeah, but it feels incredible. Mm. And <laughs> I, I, I see this now and... I, 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 yeah. I'm not saying there's going to be a reckoning because I'm 30 and I can't change the way I am <laughs> fundamentally. Yeah, yeah. But I just need to say that, Sean, you're right. Yeah. Nor should <laughs> you. Nor should you. Yeah, you in, I, this, I fully agree with the Sean saying nor should you because you enjoy movies however you need to enjoy movies. Like, I think for me, I'm always looking at the story. I'm looking at the character arcs. I'm looking at how well. Like, if a movie to me doesn't have a, a strong story, I'm never going to enjoy it as much. But I know there are other people out there who are looking at it more with like a directorial point of view. Yep. And so for them, story is more secondary. Yep. It, it is the vibe. It is the feel of it. It is like, well, if one scene was awesome, then I'm going to give it four mm, stars because that vibe. scene alone. You know, so yeah, I, I I think you've been seen for the first time, yeah. like in a way that's like I'm oh. feeling emotional now. Also, I want to give another. I know I want to give another example: Hansel and Gretel, or Gretel and Hansel. Vibes, vibe central. And Tom was like, "Yes, sign me up." Tom, you're a vibe man. Damo and I think are more of a. We want active characters who make choices and, yeah. and move things along yeah. yeah yeah i want to see i want to see a character arc i want to where I, I don't know who had the character arc in this in this i guess the mom this the mum well in learning to accept her mother's disease my gut feel is it's more the, the granddaughter right oh, okay it's, so it's there you go who i called k but is sam I got okay. the two <laughs> yeah yeah no i look sean i agree with you it's it's not a perfect film there are there are probably some things in it that it could tighten up across the board but I, I just think yes like yes I think it gets a bit heavy handed on the metaphor but I just think it's final act and the again like I said something that is genuinely terrifying for me where mm. we're scared the idea of being lost in your home that you are familiar in the idea that there is that that story that the neighbour tells about Jamie and how yeah, it's like yeah. they're playing hide and seek and she left him there for like mm. hours yeah oh. like five hours horrible so you think about that and go that's scary normally and then it's juxtaposed with you then go into where he was locked in and there's other doors and a, and a mm, hallway mm. that gets smaller and it's just like, no. Yeah. That would be awful. Yeah. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. I, I do want to clarify something else too because we have a bit of fun uh, mocking your often five-star <laughs> reviews, Tommy Boy. But when I say, when you said before, great script, and I said, no, bad script, we're both right and both wrong. That's true too, a yeah. A good script to you could be a bad script to me and vice versa. Mm. And just in the way that you can really enjoy this film as you did and I didn't because it didn't give me what I want. And sometimes I feel a bit silly thinking about a film like that being like oh that's not what i wanted to see because that's stupid because it's about oh but that's okay it, it is in a sense but also it's a silly approach because this is what we got is what the director wanted to tell that's sort of her story to tell yeah and um for me it didn't work but i want to talk specifically because mm. i think this movie sort of i didn't read much about it going in yeah all i knew is that it was probably going to be a bit of like a dementia metaphor but i think it has both feed in 
or one foot in, one foot out on is this a haunted house monster situation or is it just a, the dementia thing? And while it is both, I think sometimes that's messy. Yeah. And no more so than when we finally sort of go into the walls. I'm totally fine with that. I, like you said, Tom, I love that concept of like the familiar house suddenly being unknown to the person who's lived there. Yeah, But yeah. That's, that's her vision of the house. It shouldn't, for me... I found it weird that the mum and the daughter experienced the same thing, that same horrific mm. nightmare when they go in there and she's stabbing herself and all sorts of crazy shit's happening. To me, it's like, well, at what point did we depart from reality? And like, this is full on now. This is fantasy, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah. I And, and for me, for me the, the switch was kind of frustrating because it's such a grounded, slow burn of a mm. film. Yeah. And then, yeah, I do. I love the the whole maze, the house inside the house thing, all of that. But it's to me, it was silly that Emily Mortimer and her daughter are experiencing that. That's the mind of the Grant. Right. It shouldn't really be their experience well, of it. Mm. To me, I found that weird. I think you're right, though, in that it hedges its bets and it says that this is actually a real physical manifestation of something that is happening in the house. Like, it's not just dementia. It's a weird haunting that affects the women of this family. Mm. Um, and, and, it, and, and it also says, oh, it's also a metaphor. They probably needed to go just all in on it's not Like, it's, it's just a weird disease, but you can interpret it as dementia. Yeah. I think is, is probably where it should land. And maybe that, if it goes harder on that one, side right I, okay yeah you probably get more yeah. of that I, I wish i wish they didn't sell the movie then as like a, a, a dementia metaphor movie mm. i think I, i'd like if you get to the end of it and that's the uh, even a twist that's an understanding that you gain you walk away and you go ah oh, okay it was a metaphor for the the suffering of of the of the grand mm. i think lean into the haunted aspect more maybe or the other way lean into the dementia more and don't really make me think like is there a monster i, I found it a bit messy like i, I think i would have been totally fine with it if it was just from the Grand's point of view, but the fact that the others experienced it too mm. just became a bit too much. And then that's not withstanding the fucking peeling of the skin at the end and that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. like, by that point, I was just like, "What the fuck? Like, what? Yeah. What is the movie?" And and if it's gone over my head completely, that's fine. Yeah, I don't really think it has. I think it's just the path they want to take, and it's just a path that I don't really respond. To. I think you're right, and I think I actually agree with you, Tom. I think they should have gone more into like, yes, it's dementia, Alzheimer's. But also part of this thing is that it literally corrupts the house. It corrupts her. And they are all experiencing it. And guess what? It's awful and it's terrible. Because obviously like... Do it earlier. Do it earlier. Yeah, and I agree. And I think playing with like a ghost metaphor i don't think it should be a ghost metaphor i think what we get in that third act is the exact metaphor it should be it should be a rotting away of a familiar location it should be empty rooms that we never knew existed that maybe once weren't empty it should be the sloughing away of everything that was that person until only a tiny part of them remains like all that stuff fucking worked for me but earlier on like when she's in the bed and there's someone under the bed who is that? Is that meant to be a memory of some? Like, I don't know where the metaphor sits there as strongly. That's, yeah. Where I think when yep. when they lean all the way in, I'm on board. Where it's just like, oh, spooky happenings for spooky reasons. Yep. Then I don't know. Yeah, I can't play with that metaphor because I don't know that they've they've really nailed it in those in those early moments. Is, is it a case of them trying to misdirect? Like it just that's where it gets messy for me mm. because while I both didn't like where it went in the end, I also really respect that because that's the most interesting part of the movie yeah, up until yeah. that point. I think it's a pretty boring movie. It's just Emily Mortimer washing dishes, looking after the house, <laughs> cleaning up. That's like it's a bit. It's a. It is that dull sort of Australian film we've come to right, expect. Yeah, and then it explodes into something 
something genre-wise that we don't get in Australia. Yes. And yeah. it's really exciting. But it didn't gel. The movie just didn't gel for me. Yeah. I did Because, oh, yeah. I don't think they fully committed to the thing they were trying to do. Yeah. They had a bunch of ideas and vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of what we got. I certainly respect it. I don't hate it. I'm not going to say it's a shit film mm-hmm. at all because it's well made. There's some awesome things going on. Sure. I respect it, particularly for an Australian film. Yeah. But it didn't all come together at all. Mm. Is it is it one of those things where it's possibly suffering a little bit on the model in which we make films in this country, which is that you need to get funding? And I know it had some big names behind it, mm. but they would have come yeah. later. Like you still needed Film Vic or Screen Australia. Both. And so you've got to have, there are so many things you have to tick off. And there's, they probably go, oh, you can't go too hard on the genre. You can't go too <laughs> yeah. hard. Like there's, there's probably things that, you know, for the same reasons that they didn't want to do Saw and right. for the same reasons that Mad Max had to be made elsewhere. Like for all these reasons, I think, that maybe they're hamstrung by the system. And what, what makes me excited, though, is is to see what's the next thing these this sort of creative team do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because once you've done your first thing here, it is so much easier to do the next thing. For sure. Meanwhile, Baz Luhrmann just gets billions of dollars to make whatever the what fuck he wants. Kooky shit he wants to pop out, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Imagine him making making an all-in fucking horror movie. <laughs> it'd, be the, it'd be like James Wan times one million. <laughs> it would just be so I, crazy. I'll tell you what, Sean. You know what that movie yeah. would have a lot of, boys? Vibes. Yeah, <laughs> vibes. vibes. Yeah. Oh, vibe Man would be vibing along with that vibey movie. <laughs> I think it'd be the most colourful and loud horror movie of all time, too. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Now I'm curious. I, I don't actually think he would know how to make a horror film, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I want him to try. Yeah. I, I you want know him what, to Tom? try so bad if, now. If he tries and he makes it and we watch it on this show, we're going to get a lot of angry emails saying, come on, boys. Fucking hear <laughs> a fear. Watch something scary. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. <laughs> All right. Well, on that, let's ask the question. Were we scared? I was yes. scared initially by the vibes. The, I think uh, the vibes yeah. were actually quite palpable. Yeah. I, 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 For me, the experience was, yeah, some, oh, ooh, this is, yeah, the vibes are getting to me. They're in, infecting me with their vibiness. And then it kind of, yeah, to me, it was like a bit of a repeat of the same vibe. Okay. And then I felt it was losing some of it. In that, I don't know, 
the back half of the second act, I guess. Yeah. And then the last act fucking ratcheted it up, and I was like, okay, here we fucking go. Uh, I did my usual Sean thing, where by that point I'd kind of yes. disconnected to the point yeah. where I wasn't going to yeah. get scared anymore. Probably the most on edge I was was early on with the recurring shot of the sensor light. And I was like, something oh, bad yes. is really going to happen. Yeah. And then it kind of yeah. didn't. And that was a bit of yeah. a letdown. But yeah. Tom, you mentioned there were two really scary bits. I assume one of them's under the bed, yeah. which didn't do a whole lot for me. Like, I oh, leaned I didn't in a bit. enjoy that scene. I yeah, leaned in a yeah. bit and it was unpleasant. And it was just so dark under there that like, it actually was really clever in making you lean in and squint mm-hmm. and want to see what the hell's going on. Yeah. And then and then they do the jump scare where she hits her head. They drop she drops yeah. um, something on the ground, and Emily Mortimer smashes yeah, yeah. her head on the bed. And but that's a jump. frustrating jump scare, can I just say? Because it's clear that there is something under the bed. Yeah, yeah. But she, you know, the book gets dropped, yeah. and then she just like it's like, can she see that or not? That's another thing where I'm kind of like, what's going on with this movie? Yeah, because yeah, if I'm you not could sure. see something, you're not just going to walk away and be like, oh, mum, how dare you drop that book on my head or whatever. <laughs> You'd be like, I need to check out what that fucking uh, thing yeah. is. She was so right. There is as, something under the bed. I, I took it as she couldn't see it, yeah. yeah. which then makes the events later in the movie where I'm like, no, why is she seeing anything? I, I took it as a bit of a, one, she saw it but didn't want to see it because that's still early on in the film where she hasn't mm. quite mm. come okay. all the way around. Two, this is the thing where you're saying, you know, you want to see... And I was actually about to say that I think what I actually like about these characters is that they're not... I would have personally, and this flies in the face of everything we've just talked about, <laughs> I would have personally hated it if Nana was a nice Nana. Oh. Like, it's one of those things where she's hard to love and also she's going through this. Mm. So as a daughter, you're going through the complex emotions of being like, it's really hard to love my mum, but also she's now being the worst version of herself, right. which was always maybe there. I, I think that's the thing I like the most about the three characters is that they're all hard people to love mm. and they know that. Yeah. Like they all kind of know that in their own way. Anyway, <laughs> that's a bit of a sidetrack. The bits that scared me was, yeah, that scene and then of course all the scene at the end in once they get into the house and as yeah. the roofs are getting lower and you start to see granny crawling around everywhere. Yeah. That whole sequence is just, yeah, no good. Sensor light is just the perfect tension vibes for me mm. where every time it happened, I was like, I don't want, stop happening. Yeah. Please, yeah. something else. Cut the power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burn yeah. the house down. Yeah. i tell you what, I hate it. Yeah. I hated that this movie is set in a location that I know where it is. Oh, oh really? Where is it? It's in Crestwick. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's set in, they say it. I wish I didn't know that. Oh, I missed that entirely. Yeah, okay. in Cressy, boys. We could go there. I knew it was local because when the credits rolled, I saw um, the name Lena Moon, who's friend of the show and was on our Scream 2 episode. She yes, worked on this that's film. that's true. Yeah. yeah, okay, there you go. Beautiful. There you go. Uh, all right, well, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? <sighs> they take too long to get on board. Big time. That's their, that's their great, the, the, two, the daughter and the granddaughter, they take too long Emily Mortimer is in denial for Mm. so long that by the time shit has hit the fan it's not too late obviously because they not well it is too late because they lose her but Mm. there are so many options for her to do something else right yeah yeah (laughs) so many times I don't know if I agree with that because for me nothing happens really in this movie until it does happen so when it does explode, it's like, well, I don't know if you had much room to do anything beforehand. Nothing otherworldly and crazy was really happening. It was just your typical grand going through dementia mm. and like the sadness attached to that and the struggles attached to that. I didn't get a vibe from Emily Mortimer that she thought there was anything sort of beyond happening rather than that. Right. So for her to... Oh, see, I did. Yeah. I did. Okay. That's just me. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. It's, it's just that scene with the bed, the bed in the bedroom right. where she's like, yeah. I'm just going to ignore that and not address it again. And it's like... Why? I, I don't Stop. I don't fault that because for me I'm like well that's just a really messy scene I don't know what right. their intention is with that scene I yeah. think they've kind of failed there mm-hmm. well my main issue is actually with the the granddaughter a bit where I thought we've got a lot of signs that oh, the gran is yeah. not well yep 
And she's like, no, that's fine. I'll just live with her. And like, obviously when we see Gran get really aggressive and, and really mean, like she's so shocked. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this is what, this is what the issue is. This is like, yeah. it was a bit like, which sounds really harsh, but I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not your Gran anymore, which obviously she does. That's what the realization she comes to. And it's, and it's a horrible realization to have to face, but she's just like, oh, mum's just being awful or classic awful mum doesn't want to like do the needful. And I'm like, no, I think it's more than that. I think you're giving your mum enough credit because yeah, we're like, as she learns and we very much learn, she's really not a well woman. This, she needs some professional help at this stage. And it really frustrated me to see her kind of deny it and just want to be like, well, I'll live with her then if you won't, mum. I'll do it. Yeah. Another thing too that is frustrating is when the neighbour talks to the daughter and it, it t- explains the situation about how his son was playing hide and seek yeah, and got great, locked up for five scene. hours yeah. and scraping away and he had paint under his nails. And for her to just be like, oh, I'm really sorry that that happened to him. Mm. She needed to communicate that with her mum. And be yeah, like, oh, this happened. Because that's a pretty major fucking thing to have Right, happened. and that could have even been the thing that sort of brought both their points of view together. Yeah. Is like, mum obviously had some... Mum was like aware of it, but in some kind of denial. I think there is an element there. The daughter was in, I think, a slightly different kind of denial. And I think that quite traumatic, really interesting moment would have, should have been the thing to, for them to align, except guess what? It's actually too late. Yep. Now granny's on the loose and you're in trouble. Like I think yeah. that could have played as a nice moment. Yeah, because that to me felt like a huge moment. It's not just like her writing a, a note down saying, remember to take your pills. And she's yeah. forgotten her pills or something. Yeah. It's She has locked up the neighbor's kid for five hours and mm. just forgot about him to the extent where like if the dad didn't come in, the kid could have just died. In that right. Room. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy that she doesn't bring that info to her mum. Yeah. And as we know about the rooms in this house, that room might have been somewhere else by the time that kid was found. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. true. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That's what I mean. They 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 don't ever address the situation in an appropriate way until the f- final beat, basically. Yeah, yeah, where they are like, all right, to fix this, we need to peel all your skin off, Nan. Oh God. Okay. Well, should we talk about that thing? Because we haven't really gone into it too much. Yeah. I guess. So, Tom, what what was your, especially that that first watch two years ago? Uh, what were your experience of that last scene? What was your vibe? What was your vibe? vibe again, I, I've already said I I quite liked that. That, like that conclusion was kind of mm. it's that bittersweet conclusion where they literally she's mm. not your grandmother anymore because she is literally a different person a yeah. thing underneath now yeah yeah and just that moment where they, they hop into bed with her and it's like she basically for me I see that and I go she needed them to accept that she's this now yeah and this is the thing and then that beat of of the daughter looking at Emily Mortimer and going you're gonna need me yeah, to do this yeah. for you in a few years time yeah I, I I kind of like that. It is also grotty as fuck. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It looked amazing in the sense that it achieved exactly what it was trying to achieve. It is a horrid watch to keep your eyes on. I I actually thought the black stumpy version of her. I thought to I don't know what you guys thought, but my mind was like, oh, it's like a burnt match. Oof. Was how I saw yep. it. It looked like that dark sort of you know, like even like a burnt match. You kind of or burnt wood of any kind. It sort of kind of got that streaky, skinny, sinewy sort of leftover shape. And I thought, oh, geez, that's if that is what they're going for, that's great. Like again. All those parts of her have been burnt away by this horrible, yeah. horrible disease and this like burnt match is all that's left. So I thought it looked phenomenal. I think, again, the visual metaphor is really strong there. Her like lovingly, gently, you know, removing the clots <sighs> of hair, helping the skin come away. Like it's so awful and traumatic, but it's so affecting. I, I really, and then even them lying down with her, I'm like, oh, why are they lying down with her? It's, but it's like, 
because this poor scared little remainder of what was once Gran needs that. So yeah, they're doing the right thing. You know, the worst part of it for me is the sound, just mm. that wheezing death rattle that she's making constantly yeah. throughout the scene. Yeah. It's like like that made me want to look away from the screen more than the peeling of the skin. Yeah, the noise the is right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really bad. It's yeah. upsetting. Yeah, it's a good scene. Again, I think I think you could tighten this up into a really good 30-minute Short film. Yeah, I saw a review on Letterboxd, which was like, after watching that final scene, how much did the producers desperately want to call this movie hereditary? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good call. That is a very good call. All right, boys, how would the three of us do the situation? I don't fucking know. Like, this is such a tricky one again because it's like, well, it's Alzheimer's, so you can't beat Alzheimer's. There's no winning. I, there. I think, obviously, let's 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 go with. We'll put both feet in, Sean, and we'll say that it is actually a supernatural entity that is turning someone crazy and making the house like it's a haunting. Yeah, and in which case, I think we do so much better. Because we are way more prepared to accept that it is haunting. Yeah. Can I can I say on that? Initially, when this film started, I thought her disappearing for three days and never explaining where she went. We just assumed she went walkabout, really. But I thought when she came back, she was bringing her presence back into the house. That's the kind of story for a while. That's what I thought yes. we were getting. Yeah. And I think I would have preferred that. I mm. thought it was she was she was Gran, and then she came back, not Gran anymore. She was something else. That that's what I Ooh, thought. We okay, were but we didn't get that. All right. So what do you do when you when your Gran leaves and comes back as not Gran? I think we all know you set the house on fire. I know I do this a lot, but I actually would burn the house down. Yeah. Uh, would you burn Gran down? She's not my Gran. That's something else. Oh, okay. Jesus, Tom. Wow. You just said we, we've identified in this version <laughs> okay. that is not Gran. No, no, no. It was Gran, I... and now it is not. <laughs> not in a metaphorical sense, but in a literal That's what sense. I wanted from the movie, but they didn't give us. I mean, they did give us the whole it's not Gran. Yeah, anymore. so I'm giving you what you want, Sean. Okay. I'm, well... I'm giving you what you want, mate. All right. That's what this is now. The Scaredy Boys versus not Gran. You have. Have famously said on this podcast, there is probably audio out there yeah. that you would punch an ad. Yeah, but in this in, the, in this context, she's our nan, I think, isn't she? Yeah, like oh, she basically she looks identical to our collective nan in this scenario. Yeah. All right. Well, can I say that's yeah. horrific? Some kind of eldritch nan that's like five women all sort of smushed in together and goes by a weird. Just out of curiosity, just while we're on nans, because yeah. I. I'm gonna. I'm a bit of a weirdo. Mm. Um, what were your or are your nans like? What's the what's the monica, moniker? What's that you, their title? Yeah. So I've got uh, grandma, but we actually call her Gma for the most part. Yep. And then Nana was the other one. Yep. Sean, uh, I just had one grandma, and she was grandma. Just grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I I have two still. Um, and mm. they were Ninny uh, was one. Oh. Right. <laughs> and the other one was called and is still to this day. Cuckoo. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, your, your family's cooked, mate, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, bless. That's <laughs> great. Cooked, cooked in an endearing way where we can't burn the house down with cuckoo in there. Cuckoo? Cuckoo. cuckoo. Like yeah. cuckoo, cuckoo clock. Yeah. So, Tom, you're saying that this not-gran, who is not our gran, but she looks identical to your cuckoo... <sighs> Tom, it's easy. Boys, I'm no, no, dead. No, we just, I'm we dead. Just, I don't. No, I don't. No, 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 I don't. No, no, no. I let her take me. I let her take me and lose me in that house because I love my I love my cuckoo. Yeah. Burn the house. Bring cuckoo with us. Oh, br- wait, bring not I, bring not grand. No, with isn't us. she the isn't she the problem? <laughs> is she the problem or is the house the problem? Oh, That's I thought I not grand was the problem. Oh, yeah, I think okay. she's infecting. The, yeah, mm. I think in in that instance, if it looks like cuckoo, 
and it is almost like cuckoo, then I die. Okay. Because I'm like, you know what? I'm Emily Mortiming myself so hard. I'm going to talk with a great Australian accent. I'm going to live in denial and I'm going to die in the walls of an impossible house. I'm, I'm accepting my fate. I look, yeah. part of me, Tom, thinks yeah. that is your fate at some point. Now that I know this is a fear of yours, it feels like it's inevitable, brother. Damo, I think it's inevitable for all of us on this. I just don't think we can kill Cuckoo. No, I don't think so. Look, if it was no. my GMR... I think we just have to go into that room climb into the walls yep. and just cop what's coming. I think we all get into bed with Cuckoo yep. and that's the end yep. of the story. Yep. Well, <laughs> on that downer note, which I guess is appropriate for this downer movie. Australian cinema, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. If you scary listeners have any comments about this episode, would like to say hi, all the rest of the stuff, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Orchid Tree. Stay scared, everyone. Vibes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.